0: all right all right got those vocal warm-ups out of the way unique new york unique new york just get ready for uh me to toot louie's horn just a little bit uh i'm shocked to hear that what tommy you're gonna Listen. you're gonna waste valuable podcast time praising, verbally stroking your older brother. No, that's never happened before. Thanks for the warning, man. You're welcome. Listen, dude, I don't I don't understand it, but he is. Neither do I. Consistently, I'm better. He is consistently better than everyone else at fantasy football. Uh, he currently has the most points for through six weeks. He's he's always at the top in points for Um, he knows how to put a team together. Did you get it out of your system, or do we have to do that during the show? No, yeah, that's that's it. Just to make that the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. Here today, Jack and I will be talking about week 6 of the NFL season and week 6 in the 12 pack. Jack, how are you doing today? JR Lett. Sounds like he's doing really well. Uh can I tell a quick story? You can. It's uh, it is story time with JR Lett. This is story time with JR J. J. Lett. That was a better intro than yours. Um I walked into a party in high school one time and announced my name as that. I said, J.R. Let. That's Kevin Kelleher's favorite story of me. He says it summarizes me as a person. What? Is that something you guys talked about this weekend in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I spent the weekend in Hotlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, doing some research on the Falcons. I just wanted to get you guys the research and the info that you needed, and I wanted to do a deep dive on... The best offense in the NFL and I chose the Atlanta Falcons and thanks to the sponsorship from Jordan Dahl Cookhouse I was able to fly out to Atlanta and stay at a uh Ritz Carlton actually I was pretty surprised uh, <laughs> Jordan Dahl must be doing very well um we were happy and, to set you up there man yeah thank you and yeah Georgia was great I loved it um visited my best friend from high school Kevin Kelleher with a few other high school pals Charlie Mack and Jake Buckles. A few of you listeners out out there know the Mack family pretty well. Uh and uh yeah, I mean uh what uh, have you ever been to Atlanta? Cuz it it actually wasn't that cool. I'm I'm not going to lie. Um the breweries were cool, but the actual city itself when I went to do my research at the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, it wasn't impressive. I don't know if you've been there. I have not um been a little of Dallas. in the city of atlanta i've driven through it i've uh but no i've never spent time in the city although i did want to know what was your what was your verdict on will julio jones score a touchdown this year uh after days and days watching film <laughs> and <laughs> and being in person with the team talking to julio it's not going to happen not not all season long i figured as much all right, let's go ahead and get into the matchups from this week. Nothing super exciting this week. Um, there's been some uh, really tight matchups in previous weeks. This wasn't really one of those weeks. Uh, there was a little bit of intrigue between mine and Greg's matchup. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get to that later in the podcast. But yeah, not not a super exciting. Nothing came down to the wire. Um, But we're going to talk about Dad's matchup versus Dan, first and foremost, because Dad is in first place. He takes down Dan with a score of 15,798 to Dan's 14,342. Dad maintains his first place status, moves to 5-1. Dan falls to 2-4 and and drops to 9th place. Um, Another great week from Dan, uh, but he's facing what is, right now, maybe the best team in the league. Uh, which was Dad's and just a rock-solid performance all around from Dad's team, putting up the big numbers. Gets 2,106 from Ben Roethlisberger, 2,100 from Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott puts up 1,820. Tyler Boyd with 2,170. Uh, And then a massive performance from Houston, uh, 2,750. And you know what? you got to respect the hell out of Dad for the way he streams defenses. I don't know if you've noticed this, but... He, from week two, he always rosters two defenses because he picks up what he deems will be the best defense one week early for the upcoming week. Have you noticed that, that he does that? The dude's got, I, yeah, I always, you know, two different, two different sides. Right, you have to sacrifice because you right. are rostering two defenses, which you and I would never do. Right, but, that's my, that's my thing. I look at that and I'm just like, I can't, I can't roster two different two defenses. We only have four bench spots. Yeah. But to your point, the dad is he's good at picking defenses and he gets ahead of the curve and gets the defenses he wants uh, a few weeks down the line. He and he, he reeks the benefits. I mean, he Houston with a massive week and Dad pretty consistently has solid defensive performances. So yeah, definitely a, a worthwhile strategy if you're if you yeah. have the bench space. Yeah, I mean, Houston going against Buffalo, he's not going to be able to get them off waivers when you're up in first place, you know, if he he waits until that week, and so... Right, because everyone's going to be clamoring after him. That's how, you know, same thing with quarterbacks. I look at the same... A lot of people roster two quarterbacks based on matchups, and it's a similar strategy where it can really pay off for you if you've got... If you pick the right guys. I mean, obviously, that's the case, but... Right, right. Uh, But yeah, anyway... Dad's team, I mean, we, we've we've raved about it this season, and they just keep showing up. Um, is there anything at this point? I mean, he played Njoku, and he also has uh, Howard uh, on his bench. They both had great games, 1,500 for Njoku, 1,420 for Howard. I think he's got a rock-solid tight end in Howard. I'm just wondering, my question to you is, what what is there to not like about Dad's team right now? Well, I thought you were going to, I think you were getting at, and you wanted to give me the floor, but I think you were getting at, yeah, I was going to point out the exact same thing. Dad's got two very startable tight ends, and that is not something any other team can say. Tight ends are few and far between this season. There is, you can count on one hand, the guys who are serviceable starts every week. O.J. Howard is that guy with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and when O.J. is Howard is healthy. He's a plug-and-play every week. And I don't know. I'm starting to think Anjoku will be, too, with Baker Mayfield. He got seven receptions this week. Just a really, a really – dad's got to flip one of those guys is what I'm getting at. He's got to flip one of those guys in a trade. I think he can really upgrade his RB2 slot, which is still his only hole. Yeah, you call it his hole, but Philip Lindsay again, man, still not under a 1,000. And then Alex Collins on his bench. Now I don't know if Alex Collins is going to consistently do this, but he finally had a great game with 1740. Uh, not to mention he's got Michael Crabtree on his bench with 1830. I mean he's absolutely set at the wide receiver position, uh, including his flex with Tyler Boyd. I mean Tyler Boyd, whew, Tyler Boyd looks really really good. Um, and AJ Green always gets the top coverage, and Tyler Boyd has been playing really really well. And Andy Dalton has been looking to him a lot. So yeah, I just I don't know unless Dad has some injuries that happen. I think his team is going to be really, really good. And it'll, I mean, it's really just going to <coughs> come down to uh, what kind of matchups he gets in the playoffs. I mean, he's making the playoffs. So. I know dad took the W this week, but I look over at Dan's team who scored 14,342 in a tough, tough loss. And I want his team more. I like Dan's team. I think at the wide receiver position, Dan has a lot to be happy about Tyree Hill. What can you say? The guy's a freak. Dan picked him a little early, but uh, clearly he picked him late because it was the know, right at move. the time. At the time, it seemed early, but boy, was he right. Jarvis Landry, I think, is the biggest disappointment for Dan this week with only two ten, only two receptions for eleven yards. Definitely, in my opinion, what cost Dan this matchup. I expected a lot more from Jarvis Landry going up a Chargers defense that's been giving yeah. up a little bit to the wide receivers.
1: I got a Jarvis what?
0: Landry stat. Let me hear it. In the last three weeks, with Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry has 11 catches on 29 targets. Thir- only th- only 13 of those 29 targets were deemed catchable balls. Whoa! So he's catching them when they're actual. Is that actually is possible? That because to catch of Baker or is that because of. De- to shown or not to shown who is the starter uh, Tyrod Taylor that that's because of Baker Mayfield Wait what is, do you mean are those are like are those I I'm saying are are we blaming Baker Mayfield for not being having on target throws like that seems like not a good percentage right Yes that's a yes you're you're correct that's a terrible percentage uh, and it's I don't know Baker Mayfield after I guess I'm just, what I'm asking is because I thought Baker Mayfield had been good, or that was the narrative. Yes, that had been the narrative because of the the great win against the Jets, the comeback, second-half victory against the Jets. But no, since then, he really has not been good. Um, So that is concerning. Landry is very concerning right now. Uh, He's getting the targets, he's getting the volume, but the targets aren't quality targets. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, know, I mean, he's a hold for now, Uh, and if he has a few more bad weeks, you think about benching him, but... Obviously, who uh, you hope that turns around, um, but yeah, for Dan, I mean, Tyreek Hill is the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this year so far. Correct. Um, so not much, not much more you can say about him. Saquon Barkley with 130 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and 99 receiving <laughs> yards. Holy cow!
1: Saquon Barkley is
0: is obscene. I mean, anytime it's a pass play, the Giants offensive line is so bad that Eli just has to dump it off to Barkley. And Barkley is an insane athlete and an incredible uh, runner, incredible cutter, uh, juker. And he just, he makes plays happen every time he touches the ball. Another guy who, you know, quote unquote, was picked too early. What what was Dan's pick in the draft? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You could have, you definitely could have been argued That he took him too early. He was pick number five, and that's... Yeah, he was pick number five, and that's when Dan... That was earlier than, I think, his average draft position. And And uh, earlier than I would have felt comfortable taking him, for sure. so kudos to Dan on both Tyreek Hill and and Saquon Barkley. Just wanted to really point that out. And the only other thing, big thing I have to say is, uh, you know, disappointing week from Carlos Hyde. I know you've been gunning at me a lot, and I sort of conceded after his first four weeks of really... Really solid performances. Now these last couple of weeks under a thousand. This week only three forty. Are you worried about Carlos Hyde or are you on the same page as me and really digging Dan's team? You just like Dad's more. Yeah, I know. I still really dig Dan's team. I I give Dad the slight edge because um, I think his team is a little bit more well rounded. While Dan has the the top end offensive uh, firepower in Barkley Hill especially. um, I like Dad's – is a little more balanced, so I like it a little bit more. But, um, no, I mean, Carlos Hyde, what he's – he's having the touchdown – the touchdowns aren't happening anymore, which is what's really hurting him. Um, uh, and so it is a little bit concerning, both for Landry and Hyde. Uh, back-to-back weeks, of not great weeks. Um, but you look at Dan's bench, and he snagged Corey Clement off waivers. And I wanted to bring that up because – that should have never happened. Um, we'll get we'll get into Scott's team, but Scott took Wendell Smallwood off waivers ahead of Corey Clement, and I just I don't get that decision. Um, Wendell Smallwood is a much worse running back than Corey Clement. Um, while they're going to split carries, if I had to choose one of them rest of the season, um, I would 100 times out of 100 take Corey Clement over Wendell Smallwood. Uh, and I have made a mistake, and I... I took Lamar Miller off waivers not thinking that I thought thinking for sure that Corey Clement was going to get taken by either you or Scott. Um, And when I saw that he fell all the way to Dan, I was a little pissed off at myself for not uh, focusing in on my waiver claims and making sure I got the order right. Uh, Because with Jay out, Corey Clement should be the guy. He is the by far the most talented running back there now. Um so I think for that for myself for, personally I can say just team dependent, you know, I needed a wide receiver. I, I, I couldn't I get why you did not take him. Scott is just an idiot. Right. That's that's a good take. <laughs> that's a good take. Uh we've we spent a good amount on these guys' teams. Should we move on to the next matchup? Uh last word on Danner, Danner, Dad's teams. Yeah, my point was just with Corey Clement there to pair him with Saquon Barkley, and then you mentioned his great wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like his team a lot and, uh, so yeah, uh, no, I mean, they're both for, for Dan, his luck's just got to turn around. He's got, uh, he sits in ninth place, but he's got the third most points scored, uh, out of anyone in the league. And the reason he's two and four is because he's got the most points scored against, uh, at 14,105 points per week scored against him through six weeks. That's kind of obscene. Uh... But, yeah, let's definitely move on to the next matchup. Um, and we're going to do Brian versus you. Um, sorry, sore subject. Uh, but Brian takes you down 15,226 to your 13,058. Brian moves up to 5-1, and one, remains in second place. You drop to 1-5 and, and are currently sitting in 12th place. Um, do you want me to talk about you first, or did you want to talk about Brian first? I would like to just say one thing. Yeah. And uh, whatever you I want, I don't, I don't care at all what you talk about. Okay. Uh, top two quarterbacks so far this season in fantasy football: Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Who did I draft? Patrick Mahomes. Who did I pick up after having a change of heart? My boy Matt Ryan. Your boy's got an eye for quarterback talent, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Top two quarterbacks, me, me. I'm just saying. You, uh, you should keep listening to this podcast because <laughs> I know what I'm doing, and I'm one in five. Tell me why I'm one. Tell me why I'm one in five, Tommy. One could argue that uh, you should have held on to Mahomes if you knew he was going to be a top <laughs> two quarterback. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's not the point. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You're you're thinking about this way too hard. Here's why you're one in five. You're one in five simply because you are, you have the second most points scored against you. Just a shade behind Dan. Uh, Opponents are averaging 14,033 points against you per week. Um, You are very, you're middle of the pack with points scored four. Um, You sit in eighth place uh, with 12,561 per week. Uh, so right now it's just the points against you. It, it's it's you, you've been getting scored on a lot, and and the weeks that you've needed to go big, you haven't gone quite as big as necessary. Thirteen thousand, not a bad week at all, but it obviously was not enough for you to get the win. The reason you're one in five is because of bad luck and because maybe you know the weak spot on your team. Is your wide receiving core uh, Alshon Jeffrey? After a, a disappointing week, which came after his uh, you know his his season opener of a great week, he bounces back wonderfully with twenty three forty. That was such an excellent start to the week for you on Thursday night. Things were looking really good, but you know Callaway, kind of a desperation play. I mean, I know you don't want to start him, but it's just the way things are right now. Um, I mean, as far as Uh, Your roster is concerned. I mean, had Valdez-Scantling played on Sunday and you would have known ahead of time that Cobb and Allison were both going to be out again, I know for sure you would have played Valdez-Scantling, but that's just not the way it works. So in back-to-back weeks, kind of unfortunately for you, um, you've had to make the decision you made because of timing of the games and because of injuries. Talking about Kiki Kuti, or QT last week when you couldn't play him because he was questionable. Um, you want to know, I was real close to playing Quincy Anunua, and that would have made me upset because he got zero. So uh, if he would have followed up a zero point performance with a negative 60 point <laughs> performance, that would have been a real, that would have been yeah, for the history books. That would he have. went out with a high ankle sprain. He's out for three weeks, so he will be d- 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 dropped, dropped, dropped. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I, I will say I was disappointed with Christian McCaffrey's performance. I, I, I need, you know, with my running backs, with my running backs being so much better than my wide receivers, I mean, him only getting a thousand was really disappointing for me. Incredibly disappointing. Yeah, I really, if he would have come out there and put up a 2,500 point performance, you know, I'm, I still would have lost, but I'm, I'm that much closer uh Ryan suck up only getting zero points I mean that I mean that Baltimore Tennessee game is a incredibly large reason why you lost this week um to the combination of Brian having Baltimore's defense and Tennessee just looking like you know the worst team in the NFL, getting nothing offensively. Mariota was getting sacked. With what felt like on every other play, Baltimore got eleven sacks, which is their franchise record. And uh, you know, e- even one field goal for suck up—that's like a one thousand point swing. It takes away five hundred points from Brian, and then depending on how long the field goal is for suck up, you could be looking at five or six hundred points for him. So, yeah. It, and suck up had not scored less than a thousand the in the previous five weeks of the season. It, you just can't predict stuff like this, uh, and it was just really unfortunate that 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 in itself right there puts you in a massive hole, and it was just too much to overcome. Uh, Especially I mean, compared to Harrison Butker's twenty one hundred points. Yeah. I hate the kicker position, dude. I hate the kicker position. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You and Jason it. Moore, man. You and Jason Moore. I hate it. Uh yeah, it's it's an unpredictable position and uh, doesn't really take Brian's team looks good though. I mean I gotta hand it to Brian. Andy Dalton is was a fine start against Pittsburgh. I, I like Andy Dalton this season. The Bengals have been good. And then <coughs> he's got excuse me, he's got two really solid wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and Juju Smith Schuster. I think those guys are just absolutely locked and loaded. Allen Robinson had a really good week with 1490. That's his best week of the year. Yep. Uh, I don't buy into him yet, just I think mainly because I don't really buy into the Bears' passing offense. But do you? I mean, I guess as a wide receiver three, that's not much to complain about. Yeah, um, I definitely buy into him as a wide receiver three. But, boy, Brian's running backs is where it gets... I'm still just scared for Brian. I mean, his running backs put up a combined less than 1,800 points. Uh, I mean, Jordan Howard with 490, Aaron Jones with 410, Adrian Peterson with 970. What do you think about Brian's running backs? It's crazy that he scored 15,000 with the performance he got from his RBs. It, um, yes, it is crazy. It's very crazy because (laughs) Howard and Jones were both abysmal. Um, You know, it is, I mean, the running back position is you know a very very weak spot for brian right now uh tariq cohen has just looked fantastic uh jordan howard fumbled at the goal line uh got 14 carries but only 69 yards and and when you're not getting the touchdown that's just not good enough aaron jones i like him but he's still currently not getting the usage that he should be getting only eight carries. I mean, he had eight carries for 41 yards. That's a great yard, you know, average yard per, yards per carry. But uh, for whatever reason, McCarthy still likes to use Jamal Williams, uh, who is not as good of a running back. So until Aaron Jones gets the lion's share of the workload, unless he gets a touchdown, um, and to be fair, Aaron Jones on the first drive of, of that the Packers had. Uh, was inches away from scoring a touchdown, so if that happens, we're looking at his week completely differently. Um, But yeah, and Kendrick Drake, Kenyon Drake also had a goal line fumble. Uh, Frank Gore outperformed him. Frank Gore is just incredible. He is ageless. Uh, He had over 100 yards, I think 15 carries. Uh, So yeah, you hope if you're Brian, Aaron Jones works out. I mean, you keep playing Jordan Howard, obviously, and you just hope that that sort of works itself out more, but Tariq Cohen, like I said, looks amazing. So he's going to keep taking touches away from Jordan Howard. One other thing I wanted to mention about Dan, sorry, Brian's team, brothers, but uh, I always mix up their names on this podcast. I mean, Ken, Brian, Dan, uh, shit. Uh, No, but Austin Hooper. Let me tell you something. Brian, there's something magical about Brian. Austin Hooper... Gets four targets, five targets, four targets, and two targets in the first four weeks, and then Brian picks him up. And Austin Hooper gets twelve targets and ten targets. Nine receptions, nine receptions back to back. I don't understand how he does it. I don't. He's get a tight it. end whisperer. Dad's the he... defense whisperer. I'm the quarterback whisperer. Brian's the tight end whisperer. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. But yeah, I. I mean, the difference in this week was your team. Here's what I'll say, Jack. Your team of positional players is hands down. eh, Yes, hands down better than Brian's. He murdered you in the kicker and defense category. Look at that. And that is the only reason that you lost this matchup. Look at Um, that. Thank you for pointing that out. 650 versus... 5,200. Yeah, you eliminate those positions and you have an easy victory. You've got three top 12 running backs. You've got an excellent receiver in Alshon Jeffrey. You've got a top two quarterback in Matt Ryan. You've got a top 12 running back in Trey Burton. Um, That's a running back top 12 tied end in Trey Burton. Your team is good. You have You are one in five, but I'm telling you, Stay in it. Keep grinding. Your team is so much better than one in five. You have had an absurd amount of points scored against you. That's got to start turning around. If you maintain what you have been doing on your side, things are absolutely going to turn around. At one in five, if you can go five and two the rest of the way and score a lot, you will squeak into the playoffs. That's all you got to do, five and two. Take it one week at a time. All right? Regression of the mean, man. I appreciate Regression it. Regression of the mean. You are right there. You're right there. I'm um, hey. Keep grinding. Just like you said. That's the spirit of fantasy football. You hit the waiver wire, keep your chin up, you take the shots, and you, you just keep gunning forward. Keep yeah. uh what's that uh Kitsy Ghost song? Ghost, go- Yeah. I'm moving forward. Yeah. Keep moving forward cool. in Nostra Um Cool. On to the next matchup? Yes, absolutely. Uh, obviously, Brian at 5-1 and one is going to make the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, only his only weak spot, it seems right now, is the running back position. Uh, yeah, next matchup is going to be Kyle versus Justin because Kyle moves up to third place after his victory. He takes down Justin with a score of 13,308. Justin only puts up 10,190. There's a big reason for that, though. Um, Justin falls to two and four and is all the way in 10th place. Very undeserving 10th place for Justin. And uh, for Kyle at third place, that's uh, actually right around what he deserves. He's uh, fourth overall in points four uh, so far in the year. So, um, yeah, another really solid week from Kyle. And actually, before we... I was going to wait until the end, but I kind of want to say this now to just give people some perspective on what's been going on scoring-wise in fantasy this year. Um, I crunched the numbers, and right now teams are scoring, uh, teams in our league are scoring an average of 12,906 points per week. So basically you need to score 13,000 or more to get an expected win. And even that doesn't guarantee you a win. For reference, last year, do you want to guess what the average score was last year through the whole season? 12,400. 11,685. Wow. So you're talking about a, a basically a almost a 1,300-point increase um, from last year to the first six weeks this year, so scoring is out of control right now. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because you mentioned like you got thirteen thousand, but that this year it just isn't. It doesn't get you a victory. More, you know, it, it can, but it's just not as probable, nearly as probable as it was last year. So um, last year twelve thousand would get you a victory. This year you need over thirteen thousand to get a victory. So, uh, but yeah. Having said that. Kyle with the W. His team, his team does look really good. Now, we talk about, let's just go through his team because Patrick Mahomes. you mentioned, he's the number one quarterback on the year right now. 28-98. What a game that was between Kansas City and New England. Abysmal first half for Patrick Mahomes, but he started slinging the rock in the second half. Ended up with an insane score. And then you look at Kyle's wide receivers. Julio Jones, 1930. Adam Thielen, the target and yardage machine with 2380 and then Robert Woods with 1560. Uh, I mean that's that's the tale of of Kyle's week. You got, you know, over half of his points from those wide receivers and quarterback Mike Davis comes crashing back down to earth only 310. Kyle still only has one startable running back right now and that is Matt Breda who put up 1210. Uh, Kittle with a disappointing week of 500. Chicago with a very disappointing week of only 7.50. When I saw that Brock Osweiler was playing against the Bears, I was thinking Kyle was going to get like 3,000 points from them. Uh, but so embarrassing that the Bears lost to Brock Osweiler. Really embarrassing, uh, especially because they had the lead. They could have sealed the deal. Trubisky threw a red zone interception. Third and short in the 50-plus yardage field goal range with the game on the line with a chance to win after getting so lucky with a Kenyon Drake fumble at the goal line. And what does Matt Nagy do? He runs the ball. They don't get the first down. They miss the 53-yard field goal, and Miami gets, goes down and they make their field goal. I just... This is neither here nor there, but the Bears could easily be 5-0, and and instead they're 3-2. and And I think that is going to kill them. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, uh, and I think that'll be a big reason why. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle is... Kyle's wide receivers, dude. Kyle's wide receivers. Kyle has... uh, Adam Thielen is... uh, I mentioned earlier on the show that Tyreek Hill's number one. Adam Thielen's number two. I'm proud Adam of you for, for knowing this stuff, man. I, I was is, gonna I was gonna come out here with all this all this information that Mahomes was number one, Hill was number one. You're beating me to everything. Kudos Adam to you. Adam Thielen is the number two wide receiver in number all fantasy. Number two wide receiver in all fantasy You wanna know? Oh man, this hurts. This hurts, Tommy. The number five wide receiver in fantasy football this year is Robert Woods. <laughs> yep. So so, just to uh, and the number seven is Julio Jones. Okay, so to add a couple qualifications because you are right, but for average points per week, which would factor in, you know, the few players that have had buys already. Sure. So so Woods is seventh and Julio is twelfth. But Kyle, no matter which way you look at it, Kyle has three wide receiver ones right now through halfway through the season. Love if him. that keeps up, it does not matter how bad his running back situation is. Yeah, I mean, his <laughs> running back situation is really bad, but but yeah, I mean that's just wild. That's that's wild wide receiving core, and that's their Why Kyle won this week? He only got three ten from Mike Davis. I just want nothing to do with the Seattle backfield. I no, have no idea no. what's going on over there. No, absolutely Matt Breida is somehow healthy and playing this week. I. I the, I, the that, guy yeah. is so annoying. He's LaShawn yeah. McCoy, except even worse, <laughs> even worse, and not talented. Um, George Kittle with a disappointing week for Kyle, only getting 500, but he he got four receptions, he got six targets. That's sort of par for the course this year with tight ends. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, dad having two of them is crazy. It's it's hard enough for people to find just one serviceable tight end to start. Yeah, but yeah, you know clearly Kyle's got some issues on his team, but. The good stuff is far outweighing the bad stuff right now. Absolutely, I, I don't know. It's uh, he's not a guy that you want to go up against at the moment like with no, that wide receiving not. core and that quarterback. Those yeah. those those four guys at the top of his team are are hard to overcome. I look at Justin's team and I I see some bad luck this week, most prominently with Cooper Cup going down with an injury. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, and I'll let you finish. But yeah, the big storyline here is Cooper Cup goes down in the first half with an injury, and Calvin Ridley did get six twenty, but Calvin Ridley went down like after the first drive. For like, he got those points within one or two drives for for Atlanta, um, and just Julio Jones inevitably is going to get more targets when Ridley went down, and then Sanu ended up going down as well. And then Robert Woods gets more targets because Cup goes down. And so it just, that to me, it's happened two weeks in a row for Kyle. So uh, getting pretty lucky there. But yeah, really tough for Justin to lose his two wide receivers who are, you know, Cooper Cup for sure is one of his best players. And Calvin Ridley's been very strong recently. So to lose both of them in the first half, you're not going to win a lot of weeks when that happens. So that's just really unlucky. But yeah, sorry. Continue. No, I mean, you... That's that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, I, I think Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, and he'll always be Antonio Brown, and that's Justin's, you know, that's why I picked him so early in the draft, and that's why you can expect a performance like that every week. Aaron Rodgers is continuing to, despite not necessarily playing great in certain situations, like last week against Detroit, he he's been getting the fantasy performance. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is... Justin, I know, is going back and forth a little bit. He's still got Phillip Rivers on his bench, but I don't think he move away from Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. Marshawn Lynch outside of Cooper Cup was the biggest disappointment for me this week for Justin's team. It was a revenge game against the Seahawks. Uh, I expected more from Marshawn Lynch and to only go out there and get 740 the week before. He only got 510. I don't know. I, I was so high on Marshawn, and I've been going back and forth a little bit. I mean, you know Rudy, what the problem is. What's the problem? You know. He's on the Raiders. He's on the Raiders. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, fair. that's the problem. I mean, to put up seven forty in a game where the team put up three points, didn't score any touchdowns. Uh, Carr was atrocious. I heard a stat. Uh, Louis told me this stat. Uh, I think he saw, read it on. I think he read it on Reddit. Um, Derek Carr, through his, his air yards. So, the distance the ball traveled through the air, you know, in regards to, you know, X amount of yards on the field, was .1 yards. Does that make sense? In the, in the passes, he completed... No, I have, I have zero idea what you just said. In the passes, Derek Carr completed. The ball traveled through the air not like the, vertically through the air like upwards on the field right he only threw sc- screen passes basically so many of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage that his average was 0.1 yards for how far the ball traveled through the air uh kind of insane so I mean, yeah even I, so- even with that like that that to me just sounds like bl- bad play calling the real issue Sorry, I'm eating a mento. I was just going to say, that, are you eating right now on a podcast? Yeah. Well, I just i my my throat hurt. I wanted a mento, <laughs> so I can explain it to the listeners and they understand. Okay. They All right. They want me to be at my best, and my throaty hurty. Okay. Um, uh, but anyway, you were no, saying. What? I said. Anyway, you were saying. What was I saying? You were talking about the Raiders. You said play. It was bad play calling, probably. Oh, yeah. The real I issue mean, that, is that to me, because right, that just sounds like a lot of screen passes. That sounds like they're just not, you know, letting him toss it down the field to Amari Cooper. The real issue is that Derek Carr has sucked. Yeah, he's been really bad, and the Raiders, yeah, to your point, have been really bad. You can't really blame Marshawn for that, I suppose, but it's still, still a should be a concern, I think, for Justin that he can't rely on him as like a powerhouse running back one. Julian Edelman was a bright spot on Justin's team, mm-hmm. catching a touchdown in that fun game, like you mentioned. On his bench, though, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of good things happening. Jordy Nelson only getting two catches for six yards. Ronald Jones is looking more and more obsolete as the weeks go on. Donta Foreman was Justin's big pickup. He's hoping that he'll be serviceable when he comes back off the pup. That'll be in week eight, I believe. Uh I don't know, I just, Justin's team, I know he had some bad luck this week, but his team does not look good. So, yeah, I would, that's, that might be a bit of a stretch to say they don't look good. Now, Justin needs to pray that Dante Foreman, that move works out, because he dropped Lamar Miller for him, and I know Lamar Miller's not great, but Naeem Hines only puts up 450, Naim Hines was startable last week because of all the guys that were out. Marlon Mack comes back this week um, and, you know, immediately takes carries away from Naim Hines. So I don't know that Naim Hines is startable, uh, depending on the matchup. Uh, Ronald Jones is not startable. I would like the speculative pickup by Justin. Um, coming off the bye week, you think, uh, you know, pick him up, Sit him on your bench. If he blows up because he is supposed to be super talented, you know, you get a, you get a shot at him before everyone else does. But yeah, in a juicy matchup against Atlanta, he puts up 340 when seemingly everyone else went off. Um, he is not startable and won't be startable uh, in the near future. And with Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders struggling so mightily, I mean, you're going to play Marshawn Lynch every week, but one, Marshawn Lynch has a bye week next week. I don't know what Justin does at the running back position next week. That is my biggest concern for him. He's fine everywhere else. I mean, Ridley, I don't know the extent of his injury. Cups looked pretty serious. I don't know if he's going to be able to go next week. Um, But yeah, so I, right. To say it's not looking good, I mean, for the immediate future for next week, especially when he's, he dropped a two and four and really needs a victory. It's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, so uh, he's going up against Louis, who has been just churning out all right, points. All right, all right, all um, right, all right. We'll get. We'll let you have your Louis praise hour. Kyle's team's looking really great. Justin's team is looking not really great. I think that's fair to say. I mean, he's not hopeless. I just what you just said right there. He's two and four. I'm feeling the same way. I'm one and five. We're both desperate for wins at this point, and I just see. Justin needing to really, really make some magic happen on the waiver wires or the, the trading block to get his team in a position to churn out some wins. Yeah, and you know what? what's the scariest thing is he needs a win next week, he plays Louie, and he has Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, and Marshawn Lynch on bye. Whew! Oh, bye week troubles, my friend. Hey, that's a situation where desperate times call for desperate measures— you might have to trade one of those studs on a buy, give it to someone who can who can afford the bench spot, having to bench a a star like that and flip him for some studs who are starting this week. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's Just, dramatic, but No, it's not dramatic. Justin hates trading, so I don't know that he will do it, but you're not wrong. In a it's not a must must win, but you would hate to drop the two and five if you're Justin. So um yeah. Trade Aaron Rodgers Tra- to right. someone, you, you know? Right. If someone if someone's g- going to buy Aaron Rodgers and you can get a, a decent wide receiver, decent running back, uh, or, you know, a, at least a couple of them, uh might not be a bad move. But Iridococlitis. Uh, Iridococlitis. On to the next matchup. On to the next got? matchup. We have got the battle of the siblings. Louie Jr. versus Anna senior <laughs> uh, Louis jr versus anna senior <laughs> what a matchup louie takes her down he puts up 15,438 he moves to three and three he is now in fourth place anna drops to three and three only putting up 9,844 she is right behind him in fifth place abysmal week for anna um Terrible week from Deshaun Watson. He had looked great four weeks in a row. I'm not sure if he was really banged up in that game last week against Dallas, and I don't know if that had some sort of uh, effect on him, but he did not look good against Buffalo. Maybe Buffalo's defense is really good. I'm not sure what to make of that, but you hope he bounces back next week. Brandon Cooks coming off his concussion, only putting up 630. Robert Woods got all the wide receiver, most of the wide receiver points uh, and Jared Goff didn't have to do much because we t- we'll talk about Todd Gurley later and what he did, but uh, they ran the ball all over the place and so Cook says better days ahead. Demarius Thomas looking good, 13 20 gets another touchdown. Aguilar did a did a serviceable job with with 10 60. Only the three catches he got 91 yards, but you don't like you would like more catches and more targets for him. Uh Correll comes back crashing back down to earth. Anna with a solid play with Jalen Richard uh in a desperate in desperate times. He puts up 860. She had Kamara on a bye. Freeman didn't go. Uh and so she had no choice but to find someone off waivers. Really decent, uh really decent pickup. And uh Cameron Braid as well, only eight hundred, but another, you know, Ingram was maybe gonna play, ended up not. Another good pickup for her. Um and then her her kicker was the star this week with twenty five hundred, uh, the Dallas kicker. And so um, I'm really I can't believe Bill Maher left his show to become a kicker for the Cowboys. Isn't that crazy? I mean, and at his age too, you wouldn't I mean, think. I, I just his show was successful too. I mean, to walk away from a lucrative business to, I mean, I guess it was the honor of of replacing, you know, Dan Bailey that really lured him in. But uh, right. I, I don't know. Yeah, you. It, it does. It is kind of a head scratcher. I wonder how much money Dude, he's getting. Talk, nice segue. Talk about head scratcher. Jacksonville losing to the Dallas Cowboys forty to seven. Blake Bortles sucks. Blake Bortles sucks. The Jaguars suck. I mean, yeah, Blake Bortles sucks. But Dallas hasn't exactly looked great. So I don't know what to make of that. I don't know how you I mean they just got obliterated in every facet I of the I mean game. the Jaguars beat the Patriots. Did, am I wrong? Like They did. They did, but that was many moons ago, you know, that was week two. Where here we are in the six. They did also lose to the Titans in week three. So. Exactly. I Guess we could um, see this coming. Uh yeah, I mean good solid analysis of Anna's team by you. I, I all I'll add is that bright times are ahead. Alvin Kamara is whew, I mean <sighs> Right. Kenny Galladay is, oh, right. I think Devonte Freeman once he gets healthy will be, oh, and I just, I think Anna has a lot. You know, Evan Ingram coming back. I mean her bench is just solid gold. Her bench is solid gold. Yeah, right, right, and if, if all four of those guys come back. She puts them into the lineup. Her team is going to do a lot better. Hopefully not too much better, uh, for your sake, because you're going up against Anna next week. I don't know if you're That's aware of fine. that. All's 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 well that ends well. But yeah, Anna, incredibly, two you know back to back down weeks for Anna. Um, but you still like her team when it's at full strength. I mean, it's it's hard not to. Yeah, I looking over. Speaking of benches, I'm looking over at Louis's bench. He picked up Larry Fitzgerald, who I had dropped. Very rude, Louie. I mean, I... Pretty rude. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard for me to let go of Larry the Legend. Uh, He's a guy that I really respect. I've grown up with him. I love Larry Fitzgerald. And it was hard for me to drop him, but he's just been pissed this year. And for you to (laughs) stomp on that situation and just, with complete disrespect, swoop in... And just snatch him up. I don't know. I thought it was distasteful. Do you agree, Tommy? <laughs> Incredibly distasteful. Car uh, I mean, a bitch, though, because Amari Cooper got zero points for Louie. That must have been. That must have been why. Wow, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Talk um, about Amari Cooper because you're you're you somehow rationalize him being in the NFL. So he's not startable uh, right now. The situation, the something needs to change. I mean, and Louis knows this. He's on a buy next week. Uh, Louis got buy trouble next week. It'll be interesting to see what he does uh, as far as trades or dropping players. He's either going to have to drop someone, I believe, or you know, make a two for one trade, something like that. So, no, Amari Cooper right now. I believe Amari Cooper is still a very talented wide receiver. He is gifted athletically, gifted. He's a very, he's very fast, uh, and he's. He's strong, and what about that whole uh, that whole? What do wide receivers have to do? I'm trying to think of it. What was it they were supposed to? Oh yeah, catch the ball. Well, it's funny. uh, You should bring that up, you son of a gun. Um, But Amari Cooper has done a lot better so far this year in percentage of targets, or like percentage of catches. Based on the number of targets. Do you have a prepared Amari Cooper stat to mislead our viewers right now? I did you do- <laughs> did you ahead of the show pull together a stat to defend Amari Cooper? I didn't. I'm doing you, this on the. I'm doing no, biased. I'm, I'm doing this on the fly right now. Okay, I swear to All God. Right. Um, okay. But you know, in the in the two game series, played well. He had ten targets and ten catches, and then twelve targets and eight catches. So like that's. Good. He has not had a drop problem this season. The problem this season is how piss-poor the Raiders have been, how bad Carr has been, how bad uh, the offensive play calling has been. Uh, So, yes, I still believe in the Amari Cooper talent. It's just right now, no, he is not. You're wrong. He's not a usable wide receiver right now in fantasy. You're wrong. But someone to believe in? Give me an M. M. Gimme a G. G. Gimme a one, one. Two. Three. <laughs> one, two, three. Gimme an MG three. What's that spell? MG three. Melvin M-G-3. Gordon. The third. Junior. The third. Melvin Gordon. Grays Lake native. Not actually, but he momentarily lived in Grays Lake. Thirty four hundred points. Three rushing touchdowns. I mean, this dude has been absolute dynamite this season. I Yeah? I think. Louis will be able to ride the backs of Melvin Gordon, MG3 and his pal, his steed, his trusty sidekick James White. <laughs> uh I think Louis will be able to ride those two guys very far. When you match that with Russell Wilson who in the second half of the season is always dynamite and yep. DeVonte Adams who scored 3000 this week with 132 yards, two touchdowns and 10 receptions. I mean, I just it's dangerous. It's a dangerous combo for Louis. I think he's got some some issues. I mean, Sterling Shepard, disappointing performance this week. As obviously we've been talking about Amari Cooper, but as a whole, I mean, Louis's team scored a ton this week and I mean, talk to the audience a little bit just about the power of Louis. Yeah, Louis has a very strong team right now he after this week um leads our league in points scored uh he's averaging thirteen thousand eight hundred and thirty seven points per week which is more than anyone just beating out dad uh who is second um louis seemingly every year uh scores either the most points or he's right up there with it uh he's got he just has so much firepower with the trade that he made for Dalvin Cook, you talk about there are a few holes in Mari Cooper. Uh Sterling Shepard doesn't look great, but uh or, you know, it was a it was a bad week, and especially with a- Ingram being out, you would hope he would do more, but um the Giants are just trash, so it's hard to know what he's gonna do on a week to week basis. Um but as Aaron Rodgers goes, so does Devontae Adams, and then seemingly, you know, you can depend on Jimmy Graham. He's averaging uh, right around 900 points a week, which was for, for a tight end isn't bad at all. Um, he's the 10th ranked tight end on the year uh, in, in points per week. So, yeah, and if Dalvin Cook can come back and just all he needs him to be is a flex option, uh, if Dalvin Cook gets healthy and looks good, watch out for Louis' team. Um, they're going to be – they could put up a lot of points second half of the season. Agreed. All right, on to the next matchup. On to the next. Oh, on to the next. Uh, yeah. Let us move on to the next matchup. The matchup of the week. Matchup of the week, week, week. It's the matchup of the week. The week's most important, impressive, incredible matchup, monster matchup. Drew. The Battle of the Titans. Drew takes down Scott. 12,180. Drew moves to 3-3, three and three, back-to-back wins, uh, and he rises up to 6th place. Uh, and Scott only puts up 10,178 back-to-back uh, abysmal weeks for Scott, dropping to 2-4. and four. He is now in 11th place. For those of you listening who are comedically inferior... We were being sarcastic about the fact that it was a monster matchup. (laughs) They both suck. This was uh, by far... Well, not by far, uh, but this was the worst matchup of the week as far as overall points scored. Um, And speaking of points scored and overall and being bad, uh, Scott is dead last in points scored. Uh, He is averaging... 11,149 points per week this year, which is more than 1,000 points less than the person who is in 11th place, which is Craig, at 12,287 points per week. Scott's not putting up the points right now. And Can I say one thing about Scott's team, and then I'll let you tear it to shreds because it's not even worth my time? Absolutely. You know how we were talking about how roster in two quarterbacks. You know, it's not yeah. the smartest decision in the world, but there's yeah. some there's some situations where if you get ahead of the curve or if you if you got some top-tier talent, maybe it makes sense. You know, we were talking about that? I, re- I remember, yeah. Yeah. Scott's roster in two quarterbacks and uh it's not one of those situations we were talking about earlier. No, He's got it's Jared not. Goff and Alex Smith. Let me tell you something. Jared Goff He's been fine. He's been fine. Jared Goff is the number 7 quarterback on the season. I don't know after, you know, your adjusted calculated percentage where you where you take out the bye weeks. Yeah, it's he's uh he's still 11th in the adjusted yeah. calculated percentage. So he's a quarterback one. Great. Great. Quarterback one. Congratulations, Jared Goff, rosterable. Who has Scott been filling one of his four bench position with for the last The entire season. The entire season. Six weeks? Yep. Who? Alex. One Alex Smith. Okay, great. Well, I mean, I guess if he's also a top 12 quarterback, it makes sense to go back and forth based on matchup. Let me just scroll down. Oh, okay. Not top 12. Well, I mean, top 24, you know, if everyone rosters a quarterback, it's a 12-team league. Top 20. I mean, he must be top 20. What? Alex Smith is the number 25 quarterback on the season. (laughs) And Scott has had him on his bench the entire year. <laughs> That's the like what I mean, else you, is there you, to say? I mean, that summarizes yeah, that summarizes everything. Because uh, Scott, you could drop Alex Smith and no one in the league would give a shit. No if if you're worried about not even the chance to pick him back up in a good matchup, don't worry about it. None of us are going to pick him up. <laughs> don't worry about it, dude. You can let him go, and, and he'll he'll always be there for you to pick him back up if you miss him. But trust us, trust us that you can let him go, and no one will take him from you. Still, no one's going to notice. He's man. on your bench. He will be on, no he's one's radar. on your bench because you'll be able to pick him up whenever you want because he's the number twenty-five quarterback. Holy cow! Oh man, I mean, you can talk about his other players, but that really just that that has a halo effect over the rest of his team. I just feel like he, you know, I mean, his team's not as bad as we're saying right no, now. I no, think let's, John let's, Brown will bounce yeah. back. Uh, you know, yeah, been, let's he only got three this. targets for some reason. Not really sure what happened there. Maybe just game script. Um, and then Sammy Watkins was the other huge disappointment with with only two receptions. Other than that, I mean, Scott's still. I don't know, he's still got a good team. I just I I just that bench situation is just so ridiculous to me. Yeah, okay, so uh, the other major bonehead maneuver by Scott is he's got Seattle sitting on his bench with twenty four hundred. Uh the reason for this is because Scott made a great pickup to get Seattle in a game against Oakland and it does not know how to properly put them into his starting lineup. So they sat on his bench, and the noon games happened, and they still sat on his bench. Uh, and so he had to, right before the 3 o'clock game started, he dropped Cole Beasley and picked up Dallas, which ended up being still a great play with sixteen fifty. But um, yeah, you can't be making those kind of mistakes. It wouldn't have made a difference, which is the good news for Scott. He still would have lost. Uh, I guess that's good news. But yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, you pointed out Brown and Watkins. That that coupled with Jared Goff, who put up 844. I mean, this is not obviously not the norm for Jared Goff, but this is kind of what I'm talking about. Jared Goff can go off and be a really, really good fantasy play, but with how that offense is ran, Todd Gurley is the workhorse, and if they're ahead and if Gurley is running it well, which he usually does, there's not going to be the touchdowns for Jared I mean, Goff. I mean, I— I, I talked a lot about MG3, but we'll get to it with the next matchup, TG2. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. has been unbelievable, yes. dude. Yes. And save right save those he, thoughts. He can be, but it definitely contributes to Jared Goff's fantasy contributions. Yeah, I think Jared Goff is going to be a disappointing fantasy start more often than he is a good fantasy start. Um, and so far, even though he is a quarterback one, he's had more uh, less than stellar weeks than he has had stellar weeks. So, uh, yeah, I mean this year you're, you, if your quarterback's getting under 2000,
1: it's know, a bad week. Drop him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> um, so David Johnson, fine. Uh, and it gets a good defense, uh, Grinkowski looking better with the Patriots offense is looking better. DD Westbrook, the flex play solid. He's been solid so far this year. Uh, Robbie gold is awesome. Um, so yeah, they, I'm not, Scott's team will bounce back. Um, He's had a few back-to-back rough weeks, which is why his average is so low. But um, AJ Green is great. Uh, David Johnson has been looking better, and I think um, has at least a good matchup next week. Um, mentioned the Wendell Smallwood pickup. I'd really like it if he had Corey Clement Scott. I would really like that a lot more. Um, but we'll see. But we'll see how that works out. You you could still start Wendell Smallwood in a running back two-slash-flex role, kind of. Uh, because Clement and Smallwood are still going to split carries. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up working out. But the good news is he gets carry on Johnson coming back off of a bye. Um, so that can be his running back two, and then he can put Smallwood in his flex if he so chooses. Uh, the concerning thing for me was Sammy Watkins' The John Brown thing was definitely game script. They didn't need to throw like at all because they won twenty-one nothing, and Tennessee did nothing offensively. And both of the uh, two of the touchdowns that went to Alex Collins. So I'm not worried about John Brown for the future. Sammy Watkins, the two seventy concerns me. Just getting two catches in eighteen yards uh, in a game where your offense puts up forty points—that is concerning. What that tells me is in games that are close that matter Mahomes is going to go to his go-to guys which are Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt and yeah it's not a good look and Sammy Watkins is going to be on the outside looking in uh I mean he's still a fine wide receiver play for now but I'm just I worry that he will trend in the wrong in the wrong direction um but that's enough about Scott's team um it's not looking good right now Scott um because you have you have the second least amount of points scored against you, um, and you still have only put up a two and four record. Um, so hopefully, you don't start getting scored on more. Maybe you could that that good luck in the points against category continues, and you can string together a few good weeks. Um, so we'll see what happens again. Keep the grind going. Um, get get on the waiver wire. You know, obviously, our recommendation would be to drop Alex Smith. Uh, try and find a wide receiver running back that may have some upside. Uh, rest of the season. So, uh, and then I talked about Scott's team a lot. So why don't you get into Drew's team, who is looking a lot better now? Uh, just a decent week uh, this year. A below average week so far, but uh, you like what you see in a lot of a lot of categories. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Yes, mainly yes. You know, I gave—I I guess I'm on Team Drew or whatever. Now I had to apologize that corporate forced apology by right. my Jordan <laughs> doll sponsor. Um, I Tom Brady had a real nice Tom Brady game. I mean, not really that many passing touchdowns, but 340 passing yards to take down the Chiefs. That was just a—it was a big game for for Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah. Drew can be excited about him and his, as his quarterback. I just... Corey Davis, man. I think that's what I'm focused on. Corey Davis. Yeah. What? Just such a... He had that one huge week in week four. We were like, Corey Davis is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. 15 targets. I just don't... What the hell is going on with the Tennessee Titans this season? Are they good? Are they bad? Are they the best team in football? Are they the worst team in football? How do you beat the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles and then lose... Like, just, just... Baltimore's not bad but they just got embarrassed.
1: It's, so I it's, don't know.
0: Yeah. That uh, offense is just I don't want anyone on that offense on my fantasy team. So I'm not sure about Corey Davis. Will Fuller obviously having to compete with DeAndre Hopkins and now my boy Kiki Q.T. and uh D- Deshaun Watson just has not been as impressive this year as in years past. I'm just not sure about the years past. <laughs> in year past. Thank you. Um So I don't know. I just, I'm a lot less confident in those two, three. But he's got Golden Tate on his bench, was on a bye this week. He's great. Sony Michelle, another big, bright spot, 22 points, 22.60 with two rushing touchdowns, 106 rushing yards. That's great. Drew's got to be super pumped about that. And then TJ Yeldon, even though the Jags sucked this week, he was still able to get 8.50 and he'll continue to be... A really serviceable running back until Leonard Fournette comes back. Just don't know when that's happening. Eric Ebron with another really strong week 71 yards, four receiving, four receptions, and one receiving touchdown. Tariq Cohen is really what has turned Drew's season around, bringing him from no running backs. I mean, Sony Michelle, obviously, but Tariq Cohen just. I don't know. I, he came out I, of nowhere because... He came out of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Sony Michel, there was always the potential there. TJ Yeldon, It's because of the Fournette injury. But Tariq Cohen really was a guy that was on Drew's team that we just were mocking every week. He came out of nowhere, and he's good now, I guess? I mean, he's like... I don't know. We talked about it a little earlier with Jordan Howard, but what are your thoughts there? Like, is what's the dynamic between Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard? Can Drew expect this kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, things are trending... Very favorably in Cohen's direction. Uh, not sure you can expect close to 2,000, uh, but you can expect... I mean, Cohen is startable now until something changes. Uh, they're using him a lot in the passing game, seven receptions. Um, and they're even using him in the running game. He he got, he got the rushing touchdown, and Jordan Howard didn't. So uh, it's like the one thing Jordan Howard's supposed to have over Cohen is like the rushing yards and touchdown, and uh, Cohen got the touchdown this week. So that's... Yeah, I mean, I like... Tariq Cohen, the Bears' offense, and Trubisky uh, looked good again uh, this week uh, after the bye week. He had some mistakes, but that's going to happen. But overall, he looked good. He made really good throws. Um, I like Tariq Cohen, uh, and right now, somehow, he's the better fantasy play than Jordan Howard. So uh, yeah, I didn't didn't see that coming at all. But, good but yeah, for you, Drew, and hopefully, yeah. he can keeps riding that. We should. Uh, we should move on to the next matchup because I'm really excited to talk about your team. Yeah. Uh yeah. One last thing I would say you mentioned Eric Ebron. Through six weeks he is the number two tight end uh on the season. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah, tight ends are weird. That's incredible. Um but yeah, um so yeah, Drew's in a good spot. Scott, not so much. Uh hopefully better days ahead for Scott. Uh, last matchup, it's gonna be me versus Greg. Uh, this was um, one of the better matchups, uh, I would say one of the top top three, maybe top two, uh, if you're going just based on uh, point differential. I took him down fourteen thousand five hundred twenty. I move up to three and three. I sit in seventh place, and uh, Greg moves down to three and three, only putting up thirteen eight ninety. Uh, he is right behind me in eighth so he's he's locking down that last playoff spot right now um you said you were excited go ahead start talking about my team i would love for you to do that incredible stream by you to stream Jameis winston at the quarterback position getting you 32 four passing touchdowns 395 passing yards i just i mean that that won you the week that won you the week streaming Jameis, you picked him off off waivers And especially going up against Greg, who had Mike Evans, had Chris Godwin, who are both Jameis's wide receivers, just a brilliant play by you, and wanted to start off by applauding you for just absolute ingenuity. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I love the matchup against Atlanta, right? That I mean that really was what what solidified my decision. It was I had Matt Stafford on a bye. Dropped him, and the uh, to me, the very obvious stream of the week was Jameis Winston. So I'm really happy it worked out. I'll just say you, you owe Scott a thank you because if he hadn't been stashing Alex Smith, you would have been tempted to stream Alex <laughs> Smith this week, wouldn't you? Have? <laughs> you know, it was. I you was. Hit tem- the wave I was, wire and you I said, know. if I, I'm looking for Alex Smith,
1: if I, I was, can't find
0: him, I'll go Jameis. <laughs> exactly. Well, so the thing was, is like, I was just thinking about waiting and like and not picking up Winston and hoping that Scott dropped Smith and then getting Smith on the second set of waivers. Right, um, but that figured didn't As have, a safety net, you'd as a safety net, yeah. I would do Winston, and then if Alex Smith was dropped, I could then <coughs> flop the well, two. Um, genius by you, um, James Connor helping you out with two touchdowns, 111 rushing yards. He's just been so great for you at filling in for Lev Bell. Yeah, Tevin Coleman is just, he was able to get a receiving touchdown, but that Atlanta backfield, man, I feel like they have six running backs. I don't know. like (laughs) uh, Ito Smith keeps scoring touchdowns. Tevin Coleman, sometimes there was another guy that I saw. I don't know. I just like, uh, that's a, there's a lot of mouths being fed over there. Doug Baldwin, finally, with a good game for you. Six receptions and 91 yards. That's got to feel good. Taylor Gabriel, also having a good game. Five receptions for 110 yards. You really just you, you made some some good moves and you you set yourself up to uh, really I don't know. I mean your team they scored fourteen five hundred. You pulled off a big win against Greg. You really needed it, and I think it was it was really well orchestrated by you. You get Michael Thomas coming back from a bye next week. Deion Lewis is on your bench. Like I said, I want nothing to do with anything on that Tennessee offense. Buck Allen only 340. He's just not great. You're holding on to Lamar Miller. So I don't know, your bench isn't that deep, but I I, I really do like your team currently. Yeah, you know, um, I appreciate the praise. Uh, It was a really good week for me this week. It it felt really, really good. Um, You know, almost all of my guys, except for two, except for Keelan Cole in Tennessee, who were by by far my two worst performers, um, the other eight guys all played at noon. Um, I'm sorry Zachary was on Thursday, but the so those those all eight all those eight guys were done after the noon games and I just felt so good. Everybody got over a thousand. I made all the right decisions. LaShawn McCoy is looking better. Um, Taylor Grabial was a great plug-and play. Uh, I picked him up I think Saturday night uh, and plugged him in I love that Doug Baldwin, he led the team in targets, eight catches, or sorry, eight targets. No one else had more than four targets. Um, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good right now. Uh, one concerning thing would be the fact that Le'Veon Bell is coming back. Uh, he Well, supposedly. it's the So James Conner's on a bye, so it's going to be tough for me. I'm going to have to... to uh, Try and pick up the slack with him being out because he has been my main catalyst for when I get victories. James Conner has done amazing. I mean literally my three victories are when James Conner had like 3200, 3100 and 2700. So, um he's going to be out and then I don't know what the situation is with with him and Conner is going to be or sorry with Conner and Bell if Bell does come back for that week 8 matchup. Um he still hasn't talked Bell to the Steelers. <laughs> uh so we don't know if he's actually going to be coming back. I mean, it is during their bye week. He was reportedly going to return during their bye week. It still hasn't happened. Uh, so, But I am concerned that they are going to split carries um, when Val gets back. And if that happens, that could kind of be a little devastating for me. Um, I'd have to play them both. I would, I guess, if there, if if I don't know what the situation is until that becomes more clear. But um, I don't know. But Big Ben made a joke that <laughs> after the the game today and after the huge win against Cincinnati, which by the way was an excellent win for the Steelers, great comfort behind at the last second and super important in their division. But he made a joke that he was like, "I'm sad it's James Conner, James Connor's last game and he's not going to be playing anymore." <laughs> because you know that's what this that's what the story is bell's coming back in week week eight and people are assuming he's gonna, just going to get all the touches so but big ben wants james Conner still involved when bell comes back if he comes back so that is my big concern a lot of ifs man i don't know i just i uh i think you gotta you gotta play them both i think you're right there i think you're i think you're right and it's a tough problem to have for one week. Hopefully it gets cleared up after after the first week of them playing together. I don't know. We'll see. But enough about how great your team is. Greg also had a really solid week, 13-8-90 for his team. Cam Newton was the big, I mean, he's just been such a stud. Two more passing touchdowns, 43 rushing yards, 275 passing yards. TG2, as I mentioned earlier, with 35-50. He had 208 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Just a mat. I mean, oh my gosh, he has been ridiculous this year. He doesn't have a total. His lowest point total this year is 2210. It's just absolutely wild. What else do you like about Greg's team besides those two studs I just mentioned? Yeah, so oh my God, just FYI, Todd Gurley on pace for 27 touchdowns this season. <laughs> So casual. <laughs> Just a casual. Uh so obviously that that, you know, the touchdown regression I was promised uh when I before I I drafted Le'Veon Bell. That has not happened yet, and there is no sign of that ever happening because he is a beast. You love that. Like you said, you love Newton. I love Ingram. Uh coming back from a bye, that'll be super help, super helpful for Greg. Uh he needs to drop CJ Anderson. I mean the, what cost Greg the victory is starting Jordan Wilkins. I, I, it's, it's confusing to me because Greg paid attention this week because he had Crowder in his starting lineup. He took him out of his starting lineup when Crowder was deemed inactive for the game, and he put in Pierre Garcon. So he made moves this week. He made pickups. He made roster changes. Why are you starting Jordan Wilkins? Why is he still rostering C.J. Anderson? Exactly. He needs to drop C.J. Anderson. Hang on to Wilkins if you want, because he's a rookie and because he's got talent, and that or don't. I'm just saying, you. I wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah. be terrible yeah. to yeah. hang on to him, but you don't start him. He hadn't been good in any of the weeks leading up to this. It had been trending in Naim Hines' direction. Marlon Mack was coming back. It just, it didn't make any sense to me, and that is, I mean, I only won by six hundred. It you know almost almost a little more than 600 so i don't know why the, they made the stud play. he traded his he's traded away zackers to get the stud combo of jared cook and kenny stills this week jared so, Cook putting up two receptions for 10 yards and kenny stills putting up one reception for 35 yards just i mean uh a beastly 800 combined point performance so i feel bad um we're two weeks removed from the trade, and it really is not has not <laughs> looked good um, because Ertz had back-to-back, I mean, an amazing week last week, a really solid week this week. Uh, Cooks had two bad performances. Stills, 600, not great. It was even worse last week. I still, I mean, Stills, I guess, is just going to be much more of a flyer, uh, like not a great option. I, I, I thought he was going to be more dependent. Uh, i don't know we'll see we'll see but yeah it really does not look good uh so far greg got the absolute wrong end of the deal on that trade um so i do feel bad i really thought it could be like i obviously thought i was getting the better end of the deal, but i really thought it could be beneficial for both of us um if steels would be a wide receiver two slash three that like i thought he could be um and cook could just be decent, which he hasn't been the last two weeks uh i thought it could work out but no such luck, um, but yeah, I mean, his defense. You love his, you love Minnesota's defense; they're usually pretty solid. Gaskowski put up twenty five hundred. So, just real quick before we round out this matchup and all the matchups, I Greg almost beat me. It was it was so much closer than it sh- I thought it was going to be. Uh, thankfully, Pierre Garcon on Monday night only put up five seventy. He needed. I was up by exactly 1,200. He needed 1,210 from him. So it was an outside shot because Pierre Gerson's highest total hadn't even reached 800 so far this year. But I was up 13,700 to right around 7,500. And I had two guys left and Greg had three guys left. So I was up somewhere close to 767,000 and he almost came back to beat me. Uh Todd Gurley obvious. you knew he, Todd Gurley's potential so the 3500 did not surprise me at all, which is incredible to say. Uh what really got me was the 2500 by Steven Goskowski. and once that happened I was like am I really going to lose this? Is this really going to happen? Yeah, that would have uh, been a monumental collapse. That would have been a monumental collapse, especially because Cole and Tennessee's defense were so abysmal. Uh, if I would have lost by just a couple hundred, that really would have ate at me. So, very fortunate to get the win. Uh, Greg's still 3-3, three and three, and really his team uh, overall hasn't performed like that terribly. He is second to last in points overall scored, but he's not far behind me. He's not far behind Drew and he's really not that far behind you. Um, So uh, yeah, three and three Greg is currently has, has a playoff spot. So you just hope he can bounce back and put up another solid week next week. uh, If you're him and uh, move back up above 500, but um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that rounds things out. Uh, I, yeah. Anything else you want to say about minor grades? No. Teams? I, I think really, uh, really rich episode. I think we it, we ran a little long, but I hope it was insightful analysis, and um, we really appreciate you guys listening in. We once again did not get to the listener emails, but well, we will start off next week's episode with that. Okay. I was gonna I was gonna ask if you wanted me to, to touch on Dan's email real quick, or let's let's just let's actually let's stick to it. We'll kick off next week's episode with listener emails. Let's make note of that. Okay. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, give people a chance to email in who uh, haven't yet. And, um, cool. Yeah. Huge, huge matchup next week. Uh, Dan versus Scott, both two and four. That's a huge matchup between the two of them, but they both really need a victory. Uh, another big one is between you and Anna, you at one and five, really need a victory against her. Um, and then I'll say Justin versus, uh, Louis is also a big matchup because Justin at 2-4 and four, uh, really needs a win against Louie's uh, all of a sudden juggernaut of a team. So good luck to everyone next week. Again, as Jack mentioned, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully, I know we, we, know we ran long, but hopefully it was good content and you guys enjoyed it. Um, Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your commute or the rest of your poop or the rest of your uh, walk with the dog, you know, whatever you're doing. Stay classy out there. Keep grinding. We love you. We love fantasy football. And Tommy, unless you got anything else to say, I'll tell the listeners to join us again next week. Let's talk fantasy football. Do, 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 Stop recording? Yeah. Yeah. Never record through the night.